You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into your daily source for the Cincinnati Reds throughout the offseason. This is the Locked On Reds podcast, and I'm your host, Jeff Carr. What's up, Reds fans, and welcome into the Locked On Reds podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today on this Taco Tuesday. On today's podcast, we're going to talk about a couple of moves that the Reds made, some thoughts that it gave me, uh, one about a player that was displaced because of these moves, and another just uh, a little bit of a therapy thought. We'll, we'll get into that. Also saw an awesome article over at Reds Content Plus and it's a little a couple of weeks ago that Steve Mancuso wrote talking about Marcelo Zuna. We're going to talk about all that in just a moment. Make sure, though, that you are subscribed to the podcast on all the many podcasting platforms. Check us out on Twitter at Lockdown Reds and my personal account at Jeff Carr with three F's and save the Lockdown Reds line number into your phone 513-549-0159. Just a uh, quick look ahead here in a couple of days. As I mentioned, we're not going to have a Friday episode. There will be an extra long Turkey Day episode for Thursday. I'm going to have Doug Gray on the podcast, and we're going to talk about a bunch of stuff. We're going to get to this next thing that I'm going to talk about. I'm going to get his opinion on it, but right now I'm going to give you mine. Because I think it's interesting. The Reds made a move yesterday, a couple of different moves altogether. They claimed outfielder Nick Martini from the San Diego Padres. They traded some cash to the Blue Jays for a reliever named Justin Schaefer. And they designated Jimmy Herget and Brian O'Grady for assignment. Now, these series of moves give me a couple of thoughts. The first of all is, did we really get enough information on Brian O'Grady? I thought that Brian O'Grady, I mean, obviously he showed that he was super talented at AAA last year. He was by pretty much, you know, Doug and everybody's opinion, he was the Reds minor league player of the year. So they brought him up and in a very small sample size, very little limited exposure His numbers don't look amazing. He did have a couple of homers, a couple of doubles, things like that. Things that keep you coming back for more. But they designated him for assignment, which means they've removed him from the 40-man roster. And should he clear waivers and all of that good stuff, he'll get sent outright to AAA. But that makes me wonder, because did we see enough of him? And our buddy Coop over at the Hunt for Reds October podcast had the tweet talking about getting rid of Brian O'Grady, and he thought they probably should have non-tendered Jose Peraza, maybe kept Brian O'Grady on the 40-man roster, things like that. And I kind of agree with that thought process. Listen, I know Jose Peraza's young. That's all I've heard this offseason. If I mention Jose Peraza's name on Twitter, I get the response, well, Jeffy's young. We have seen quite a bit of Jose Peraza. We have seen very little of Brian O'Grady. And I'll tell you the little bit that I saw, I thought he had talent. I thought there might be something there, maybe a backup player. If you remember Doug talking about his uh, minor league season recap, um, 
this was a couple of months ago on the podcast when I had him on, but he, he was talking about Brian O'Grady. He said he probably never figures to be more than a utility guy off the bench, but he could be a decent utility guy. So maybe the Reds are looking at that and you're, you, they're like, you know what, maybe we still see Peraza as a starter. But if we're talking about what we know, we know a whole lot more about Jose Peraza than we know about Brian O'Grady because here's the deal. The questions you have about Brian O'Grady are pretty much the same questions you have about Jose Peraza. And we've had those questions for three years now. They've not been answered. That's just my thoughts there. Then the other idea, the other thing, and, and, and bear with me for a minute. Sit down, make sure, you know, get comfortable for a minute because we, we need to talk about this. Now, some of you may not feel this way, but I noticed there were quite a few of you, at least on the wonderful Twitter.com that felt this way. And that is whenever these moves happen, whenever there is news of a transaction and you see that the Reds have made a move and then you read the names and you're like, well, that's a depth move. That's just organizational depth. That's not going to do anything. Is this hashtag get the hitting? Are they going to the playoffs because they got Nick Martini? No. So why'd they even do it? Let me, let me talk you back from the ledge for a minute. Is this your first offseason as a fan of a major league franchise? And did you expect every single news update from the Reds to be, they've signed Anthony Rendon. Oh, look, they signed Garrett Cole. Oh, my goodness, they got Marcelo Zuna. Look at that, Didi Gregorius is now a Red. They're now a super team. It's a foregone conclusion. The Reds will win the World Series. I don't know how to uh, respond to you if that is what you felt, because here's the deal. It's November. There were a lot of people on the wonderful Twitter.com saying things like, this move doesn't matter, oh my goodness, I can't believe they did this, this, this is silly, it's not going to help the team, blah, blah, blah. Opening day is like five months away, people. Five months away. There's plenty of time. And I know, you're sitting there, you're like, Jeff, we've been patient for a long time. And I'm not asking you to forget the past. I'm not saying, hey, you know what, the past... Forget about it. It's not a thing anymore. Look to the future. I get it. I'm with you. The rebuild sucked. It was terrible. They, they blew it. And now they've got to rebuild on the fly by making different free agent moves and making different trades. They did that with the pitching. Why do you not think they're going to do that with the hitting? Why do you think that this front office is just blowing smoke at you? thinking that these are going to be the type of moves that they fill the offseason with. We're not going to see constant acquisitions of guys like Travis Jankowski and Nick Martini. Yeah, sure, they're organizational depth, but you need organizational depth. And as someone pointed out on Twitter, because sometimes Twitter isn't all horrible, but at Jarrett Newman 88 said, you got to think after acquiring Martini and Jankowski that either Winker or Irvin will be traded this offseason. Outfield is too crowded, especially if they're looking to sign Castellanos or Azuna or Dickerson, right? And he had, you know, had a couple question marks there after that. But that's a good thought. They're probably looking to add a little bit of depth because they're about to make a big trade. 
So, so stop losing your mind after every single one of these moves, man. If you're losing your mind after every single one of these moves, I think I already kind of uh, addressed that in an earlier episode, but man, you got to stock your liquor cabinet, man, because you're going to have a tough offseason. Because they're going to make a couple of really big moves and a lot of these little mid-level moves that we're going to look at in the moment and say, well, what does that matter? And who knows, maybe it pans out. Most of the time they don't. Sometimes they do. And then we look back and we say, well, at the time that the Reds got that guy, we thought it was a joke. But look at him. Derek Dietrich was a perfect example, at least for the first few months of the season. But I, I digress. The whole point here is don't, don't lose your mind over things like this because there are funny, you know, uh, funny takes uh, goofy, sarcastic remarks when it comes to this. And then there are the people that fly off the handle and tell you that the Reds aren't going to do anything all off season. <laughs> Man, I feel sorry for you if that is your position on this. But that's just what I thought, the, the couple of moves. Because as it stands, Martini and Schaefer, their impact's probably going to be pretty limited. Schaefer might be a bullpen arm. His stats were okay. Nothing special. I mean, he kind of had trouble walking people a lot, and he only had marginal improvements when it comes to strikeouts over walks, things like that. And Martini himself is not much of a hitter. He's got pretty light on the numbers there. Now, I know in 2018, in a limited sample size, I think it was just a little over 150 at-bats, he had pretty decent numbers. I think his OPS plus was like 127, but again, small sample size. And then last season, the, those numbers weren't there. So overall, not much to go on there. But I just wonder about Brian O'Grady. And I wonder about those people that lose their minds whenever things like this happen. And it's not the Reds announcing that they've just signed Nick Castellanos. I just wonder about that. Tell you what, coming up, I'm going to talk about a article. Speaking of Marcelo Zuno, Reds Content Plus had a great article about him. But first, all this talk about the Reds' most recent moves and different things like that has me thinking, man, I really love a good martini. I don't know about you, you might not be a martini person, and I know that there is a little bit of connotation, maybe pretentiousness or something attached to that. I promise you, I'm not pretentious, or at least I try not to be. But I love me a good martini. Oh, it's hot stove time. takes out there when it comes to different rumors and different players that the Reds are being linked to and we, we immediately go into fan analysis mode or you know fan general manager mode and we say well this guy will be awesome or this guy will be bad and really Marcelo Zuna kind of runs the spectrum there's plenty of people that believe that he would be a great upgrade for the Reds and there's also plenty of people that don't believe that he would be much of an upgrade for the Reds. So if you read everything, you figure that there's probably somewhere in the middle. There's a really good article over at RedsContentPlus.com by Steve Mancuso, and he, he looks at Marcelo Zuna's deeper numbers, talking about batting average on balls in play, talking about exit velocity, isolated power, different stats that you're not going to hear on a typical telecast. but 
give you a part of the picture. Each, each stat forms a piece of the puzzle. Not any one stat explains exactly what he's going to be, but when you look at the picture as a whole, you see that there could be a very good hitter there. Last season, his batting average was uninspiring. He didn't have the uptick in home runs that most players enjoyed. And for some reason, that has some teams and some fans and some experts balking at the idea of their team adding Marcelo Zuna. Steve Mancuso points out why that is a perfect thing for the Reds. The Reds may be able to get him for, I won't say a cheap price, but a reduced price. He mentioned that if they could probably swing a deal somewhere in the vicinity of three years for 40 or $45 million, then that would be perfect. And I agree, three years, $40, $45 million for a guy that would probably slot in as your three or four hole hitter is absolutely amazing. Because he pointed out some stats. Now, his BABIP, batting average on balls in play, was a lot lower this past season than it has been for his career. In fact, for his career average last season, saw a 56-point dip. He just wasn't getting that lucky whenever he was putting balls in play. But all of the other peripheral numbers were still good. His expected batting average was still right in line for where his 2017... 2017 was an amazing year for Marcelo Zuna. Absolutely fantastic numbers. And 2019 paled in comparison based on some different numbers and things like that. But Steve Mancuso points out because of these peripheral numbers like isolated power, which was right in line with 2017, and his exit velocity actually went up. His average exit velocity in 2017, he was hitting the ball on average about 90 miles an hour. In 2019, he was hitting the ball on average about 91 almost 92 miles an hour. So the power was there. It's just for whatever reason, he was getting a little bit unlucky when he was putting those balls into play. So he looks at it, he comes up with the idea, and I agree with him, that he would be a very good upgrade, especially for the right price. Now, he's not advocating that the Reds just shell out, open up a blank checkbook, and just hand it to him, say how much you want. But at the same token, he believes that because of the numbers that he posted last season, the Reds may be able to get him on the cheap. Now, the Cardinals did extend a qualifying offer to him, but he rejected that qualifying offer, which means that draft pick compensation is attached to him if the Reds were to sign him. But we've also seen plenty of uh, rumors out there, especially on MLBTradeRumors.com, talking about the Reds aren't bothered by that. They're not going to be deterred by draft pick compensation if they think the guy makes the team better. Marcelo Zuna makes the team better. And this kind of stems back to what at Jarrett Newman 88 had said on Twitter, especially if they add Ozuna and they've added Jankowski and Martini that that probably makes one of Winker, Irvin, or Aquino expendable in trades. I tend to believe that the Reds are actively working on a big trade. I, I, I uh, cannot claim to have any sort of inside knowledge to give you a name there when it comes to uh, the front office. I, I haven't quite made any friends that would tell me any sort of uh, juicy details on that. But I think there is merit in some of the rumors why they are always 100% true, they at least paint part of a true picture. So the Reds could be looking at Mookie Betts, they could be looking at Francisco Lindor, and if you make 
Jesse Winker available through trade. I tend to believe that of the three, he's the most attractive of the three players just because his skill set translates everywhere because he gets on base very well. But I think that if Jesse Winker is available in trades, that will give them a better ability to land a Mookie Betts or a Francisco Lindor. And then we're off to the races, bud. If you add Ozuna and one of those two guys, and maybe you sign Gregorius, of course, if you trade for Lindor, you're not going to sign Didi. But, you know, some some form of that. And who knows, maybe even add Zach Wheeler as your fifth rotation spot you got to be favored in this division that is just constantly seeming to be in flux. I know that the Cubs are out there trying to make moves and they're trying to get better, which they very well should. They had a very disappointing year last year after a couple of good years in a row. So they got to get back because their fans are going to be expecting answers. But all in all, I think, and especially you know with their new manager, David Ross, but all in all, I think that the, the division is ripe for the taking and the Reds can take it with a few well-placed moves. And if you add Marcelo Zuna, then you also add a very uh, attractive trade chip in Jesse Winker. That's going to do it for us today on the Lockdown Reds podcast. Tomorrow, we'll have some more hot stove talk, talk about some rumors and more rumors and who knows what else. Just Reds-related stuff because this is the Lockdown Reds podcast. Make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast to get it each and every day. Follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three Fs and follow the show at Lockdown Reds. And save the Lockdown Reds line number into your phone, 513-549-0159. If you've ever got a reaction to a topic, if you've got a question about a topic, let me know. Text me, call me, 513-549-0159. Thanks so much for listening today. My name is Jeff Carr, and I'll talk to you guys tomorrow.